Okay, let me have a word of prayer and we'll go ahead and get started here. Uh, Father, we do thank you that once again we can continue on in this study. Lord, we've had a a fairly lengthy break, uh, but Lord, I I thank you just that we can uh, return to it now. Lord, I thank you that my foot has healed to the point where I can stand again and can be up front here like this. Uh, Lord, I, I thank you just for the position we hold in Christ. And Lord, in the weeks and months ahead, we're going to be focusing on our position and the impact that it is meant to have in our day-to-day lives. But Lord, our position can only affect our daily condition as we come to understand it, as we come to, by faith, accept it. And so, Lord, we look to your Spirit to guide us in this journey in the days ahead. Lord, open the eyes of our understanding to the truths that you have prepared each of us to learn. First, in the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, we're going to be in chapter 19. Again, the first 18 chapters were covered in the smaller book, which... We used for, I don't know, quite a few months, uh, but uh, now uh, we'll be picking up in uh, chapter 19. Now, you know, in the smaller book, you got used to me having two posters hanging up here, one the old man and one the new man. Uh, this time I've got, we're going to be looking at our position and our condition. And in this chapter, we're going to uh, define position and and see a bit about it. Um, we gave you a handout. Uh, in the weeks ahead, I will be putting things up here that relate to our position. Uh, and just more and more for us to see the things that are true of our our position. Uh, our position is in Christ. When you, as you read through the New Testament, you'll see many, many times. There's over a hundred times that it talks about what's true of us in Christ. Whenever it starts speaking about being in Christ, it's, it's telling us something that's true of us positionally. Our position is our source of everything. Everything we need for life and godliness is found in our position in Christ. It is perfect. Now, when I did these two posters, they came out basically the opposite of what they should have. Because this one is imperfect, and this one is perfect, and it should be the opposite. (laughs) This one should be perfect, and this one should have flaws. (laughs) So... uh, But our position we're going to see is perfect. It's flawless. There's no way it can be improved. It is complete. It lacks nothing. It's unchanging. You know, if it's complete and it's perfect, you know, it it can't change. If it were to change, it would become less complete. It would become less perfect. It is absolutely stable. It never varies in any way. And it is, and I think this is important, we'll see as we go, it's unaffected by the believer's faith and condition. My 
faith on a day-to-day basis will not change who I am in Christ. Now, faith will impact my condition. My condition, or my state, is my daily life. And, you know, my condition, you know, tying it into what we studied in the first 18 chapters, my condition can reflect either my old man or my new man. Uh, That can be seen in my daily life. And, you know, my condition is imperfect. And I suspect yours is too. Uh, It's incomplete, but it has the potential for growth. You know, you're, uh, and we're going to see that as we come to understand our position and by faith uh, see ourselves on the basis of our position, it will cause us to grow in our daily condition. It is changing. It, va- it varies. It can grow. Uh, it can vacillate. Uh, as I said, uh, it can reflect either the old man or the new man. And so from day to day, our condition uh, can uh, uh, vary. Uh, the stability of it is affected by our maturity. An immature believer is going to be a much more vacillating in their day-to-day condition than one who has grown in the Lord. But And it is affected by our focus. When our eyes are on our source, it will manifest itself. When our eyes are on ourselves, that will manifest itself. So we're going to see these things as we move forward. Now, starting out in uh, chapter 19, he opens up with this statement. He says, all spiritual life and growth is based upon the principle of position. And that principle can be summed up, he says, in one word, and that is source. Our source for the Christian life is Christ. Everything we, we have, everything we need, it is all found in Him. And it's only as we really are focused on Him that uh, our lives, our condition will begin to change, will begin to grow. Now, the vast majority of Christians, their view Uh, of themselves is largely shaped by their condition. And that's why, you know, I've said over and over again, you see it when, when believers continue to define themselves as sinners. We define ourselves as sinners. Why? Because in our daily condition, we find ourselves sinning. And so, well, we say we're sinners. But God says we are in Christ. Yes, we have a sin nature. But as I begin to see myself in Christ, the way I begin to define myself is going to be more in line with the way God defines me. Yes, I have a sin nature. Yes, I sin. 
But I am a child of the Most High God, a joint heir with Christ, a citizen of the heavenly realm that still struggles with sin, but that is not who I am. And the more we come to see ourselves on the basis of who we are in Christ, the more it's going to alter the way we live. Now, many Christians are going about it basically in reverse. It's kind of like if I can change the way I live, then I will become something in God's eyes. You cannot approach the Christian life in that way. Well, you can, but it's not going to work. We're going to see as we move forward who we are and what we have in Christ. All the things that are true of us because of our relationship with Christ. And I I trust that as you begin to see these things, it will begin to have an impact on you. Now he says, through physical birth, we entered into our human family's position from which source we derive certain characteristics. You know, the family that you are in physically has shaped some things about you. Uh, It has probably, among other things, shaped your appearance. Uh, It uh, may have shaped a lot of your value system. Uh, It's had its impact. And he says... You know, we are the product of our position. The family that we were born into has really impacted our lives. He says, just so in our spiritual birth. When we were born, when we are born again, the risen Lord Jesus is the source of our Christian life. (coughs) Excuse me. In Him we are positioned before our Father in whom we live and move and have our being. Acts 17.28 For we are His workmanship, created or born anew in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2.10 Our Father in redeeming and recreating us raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2.6 Now he says, this position we've been given, you know, is the source of our Christian life. And it is perfect. Everything you and I need for the Christian life is found in Christ. And it's perfect. It's flawless. Is complete. He says, when we receive the Lord Jesus as our personal Savior, the Holy Spirit caused us to be born into Him. He created us in the position that was established through His work at Calvary. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature or creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 You know, that's one of those verses we've probably uh, almost all memorized and we quote. But do we really, really believe it? 
And if we continue to define ourselves as nothing more than a sinner, do we believe we're a new creation? If any man be, where? In Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. That is who we are. He says, this is the eternal position in which every believer has uh, been placed. That should be a placed instead of place. Uh, whether he is aware of it or not. Now, again, there's a whole lot of Christians in the world today who do not know the position they hold in Christ. They recognize Christ as their Savior from the guilt and penalty of sin. They view Christ as their ticket into heaven. But they do not view Him as their source of life, as their source of everything. But you know, whether they realize it or not, whether they're aware of who they are in Christ or not, it doesn't alter who they are in Christ. And whether you've been aware of it up to this point or not hasn't altered what's been true of you. He says, but it's the Christian who comes to see his position in the Lord Jesus that begins to experience the benefit of all that he has in him. See, it's all there for every believer. God has not provided anything for me that he hasn't provided for you. He hasn't provided anything for me that he hasn't provided for some believer who's struggling and living in sin. We all have the same provision. But the impact it has on our life has a lot to do with whether we know who we are. Whether we know what we have. Whether we know what affects our approach to God. He says, his daily state is developed from the source of his eternal standing. Now, in contrast, he says, you know, our condition is what we are in a Christian walk. In which we develop uh, from infancy to maturity. So our condition over here is our Christian walk. And of course, we start out immature. And we can stay immature. Or we can begin to grow up. But growth is going to entail us really coming to know who we are and what we have in Christ. And the provisions that are there for us in Christ. Otherwise, if the believer is tries to live his life 
totally on the basis of his own self-effort. The best that is going to come, if you can define it as that, is he, he can do a good job of faking it. He can read what, the, what a Christian should look like, and he can do his best to look that way. But it won't be real, and people will see through it. And that's why, again, we often get accused as Christians of hypocrisy, because, you know, we're, we're looking at the Scriptures and seeing what the potential for our life is <coughs> because of our position in Christ, but then we're trying to produce it ourselves. And it's not real. And people can see it's not real. And for some Christians, the best they can do is make themselves look real good on Sunday. And that's why you'll hear, you'll hear people say that uh, these certain believers, when they're out in the world, they're very different than what we see in church. Why? Because you can only fake it so far. So our condition is what we are in our Christian walk, in which we develop from infancy to maturity. And he says, although our position remains unmutable or unchangeable, our condition is variable. Our condition can vary from day to day. It can at times vary from moment to moment. We can go from walking in the Spirit to walking in the flesh in a nanosecond. (laughs) So this can vary. This won't. My position in Christ has been exactly the same for 66 years now. Accepted Christ when I was five. I'm 71 now. And who I was in Christ when I was five years old is exactly who I am in Christ now. It hasn't changed. Now hopefully, during those 66 years, I've come to understand with greater and greater clarity who I am in Christ. And hopefully, in that 66 years, this has begun to have an impact on how I'm living on a day-to-day basis and not just at church on Sunday. That it is changing my daily condition. But he says, so he says, and this is very important, through the exercise of faith, our eternal position, our source, affects our daily condition. But in no way does our condition affect our heavenly position. <clears throat> yeah. But through the exercise of faith. Now again, if we were to go back to chapter 1 of the book which looked at faith. Faith is based upon what? Upon facts. He says, you know, the exercise of faith is on the fact of our eternal position. The fact of what God tells us is true of us in Christ. And in the days ahead, 
I think you're going to be challenged to take God at His Word of who you are. No matter what your condition is telling you, to choose to believe what God is telling you. Your condition will tell you at times that you are a sinner, that you are unacceptable to God. But God is going to be telling you, no, you are my child. You are a citizen of my realm. You are in Christ. You are totally accepted in the beloved. You are righteous in my eyes. You are secure in my, uh, your relationship with me. See, we're going to be, we're challenged through the word. What am I going to believe? Am I going to walk by faith in what God says? Or am I going to walk by sight? What I see in my own daily experience. The just are to live what? By faith. We are to live by faith. Not some airy-fairy just trying to believe something that there's no evidence for at all. No, we have the evidence of God's Word. The evidence of what He said. And our lives are meant to be lived believing it. When my condition screams something entirely different, I believe God. Paul in Romans 12 says, to be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind involves you believing God. Taking God at His word. Saying, God, if you say I'm righteous in your sight, I'm going to believe you. If you say I'm accepted in the beloved, I'm going to believe you. If you say that I have been set apart unto you, I'm going to believe you. Rather than continuing on the way we have with a mind that has been shaped very much by our condition. And so transformation starts with a whole new way of thinking. And that new way of thinking involves me beginning to really, by faith, accept what God says about me. Again, yeah. I was just thinking about that illustration you use sometimes about uh, in the whole counterfeit thing. They are taught what is fake by learning what is what a real bill is like. Yeah. yeah. They learn it that way. And I think, you know, Sarah, my friend Sarah and I were talking about this earlier that why do believers so many live like who they're not? Yeah. And what that does is because of Christ. But if people don't know these truths and they keep trying to make the condition better, they yeah. just end up frustrated and people can think uh, can uh, recognize what is not real. Yeah. Yeah. And 
so there's so so much that we would know this is the reality of how I am to think and to live. And it won't be in a sense, the true hypocrisy of the Christian life is that we live like like unbelievers at times. <laughs> and that's not who we are. The tr- true hypocrisy is that we don't really live out who we are in Christ. We live like something we aren't. Because a hypocrite came from the Greek theater. It was an actor who put on a mask and played a part. And we continue to play a part. We continue to act like we're unbelievers. We, we continue to act like all, you know, this is all we have to work with. We don't recognize all that we have in Christ. He says, um, I want to see if I jumped. I lost my place here. Okay. Yeah. He says, through the exercise of faith, our... Our uh, condition is uh, is uh, our condition is variable through the ex- our, through the exercise of faith. Our eternal position affects our daily condition, but in no way does our condition affect our heavenly position. And he quotes from Colossians three one. If and the word if carrying the sense of since, since you have been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Colossians three one, Ephesians six ten. Be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from Him. Now he has here and. What I have on this slide, it says, when we concentrate on our condition, we are not living by faith, but by feelings and appearances. When my focus is on my daily life, my (coughs) successes, my failures, whatever goes with it, when I'm concentrating on my condition, I'm not living by faith. My focus isn't living on what God has said. It's looking on what I'm seeing. We're to walk by faith, not by sight. To base my life on my condition is to try to walk by sight. And he says, the inevitable result is that we become increasingly self-conscious and self-centered. If I'm living... Focused on who I am in Christ, I become more and more Christ-centered. If I live focused on my daily condition, I'm going to become more and more and more and more self-centered. It's about me. For some, it's, it's going to be, you know, they're focused on, on just how successful they appear to be. On others, they're going to be so focused on their failures. I had a friend in Ireland who worked with a lot of kids off the street. And he, he said, you know, people say they have a bad self-image. He said, man, they can talk about themselves for hours on end. 
He said, they have a pretty good image of themselves. It's not a bad self-image. Maybe a negative self-image, but very self-focused. And he says, our prime responsibility is to pay attention to the Lord Jesus. To rest, abide in him as our position. We came to salvation by looking at Christ as our Savior. We will grow up in our salvation as we begin looking to Christ as our source. Where it's about him. Paul said what? For me to live is Christ. He said, you know, for me to really experience life is through Christ. Colossians 3, you know, Paul tells us that our life is hidden where? With Christ in God. You know, when we went through Colossians, I said, you know, there's at least three different things that you can draw from it being hidden. One is, if it's hidden, it's not fully seen. If it's hidden in Christ, it's also safe. And that's where who we are positionally is safe. No matter how we're living in our condition, it's safe because it is in Christ. But then thirdly, I said, if it's hidden in Christ, that's where it's to be found. If something is hidden, you will only find it where it's hidden. And people are searching the world over trying to find life. And God says, I've hidden it, but I'll tell you where it's hidden. It's hidden in Christ. You get to know Him as your source. You grow in your understanding of who you are and what you have in Him. And you will find it. And we are assured that when Christ returns, we will be like him. For we shall see him as he is. So our prime responsibility is to pay attention to the Lord Jesus. To rest and abide in him. He says, there will then be growth. And he will be more and more manifested in our condition. As our focus is more and more on Him, we will begin to grow in our condition. But what will be seen more and more is the very character of Christ Himself being formed in us. So that people see Him. And it will be something very, very real. And he quotes from 2 Corinthians 3.18, But we all with open face, beholding as it were in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. You know, as we behold Him more and more, we are changing in, into His image. And, and I always find it interesting that in 1 John 3, that John tells us, That when Christ returns, we will be like him. Why? 
will see him as he is. He doesn't say we will be like him because God will finally give us everything we've been lacking. No, we will finally look with great clarity on our source. We will see him in perfection and it will transform us. Now, I personally believe the degree to which we come to see him now is largely the degree to which we will be transformed now. If we see him very little, we will be transformed very little. If we see him with increased clarity, he will begin to change us little by little by little. We will begin to think more and more like He thinks. We will begin to have more and more of His values. His ways will begin to impact us. And it not won't be that we're sitting there saying, oh, what would Jesus do? No, He will have so changed our way of thinking and our values that you know, Him as our source will just lead us to do what is the right thing. When we ask, you know, take that approach of what would Jesus do, generally that's the flesh trying to say, how can I try to think through what Jesus might do and I'll go try to do it. Jesus would have known the Father's will and been led by the Spirit. And the more we, we grow in our relationship with Him, the more these things begin, begin to flow naturally from us. I've got a long ways to go, but God's changed me a lot over the years. There's a... I guarantee you I was a lot less gracious earlier in life than I, than I am now. And it's not that I have to stop and think, I need to be gracious, I need to be gracious. I think the Lord just has made me a little more gracious. And there are other things that the Lord has changed in me. And it hasn't been because I've set out to work on those things. It's just the more I've come to know Him... <clears throat> The more he's shaped the way I see things, the way I think. <coughs> but he says, you know, if the believer does not know of his position in the Lord Jesus and how to abide in him as his very life, there will be but one result. He will struggle in his unchristlike condition rather than rest in his self-centered position. So he says, if we don't really understand who we are and what we have in Christ, we've let, we're left with one result, and that is that we're going to struggle over here in our condition. Yeah, we're going to see in Scripture a lot of times what, you know, our lives have the potential to be, and we're, we're going to think, I've got to do it, I've got to do it, you know? And there's going to be that struggle and there's going to be those failures. 
Now he says, and I think this is very true, in most cases, a believer is more aware of his condition and his position. Unless you've spent a lot of time looking in the scripture trying to see who you are in Christ, you are going to, the main thing you're going to be aware of is your daily life. The struggles, the failures. And so many believers, that's, that's all they really know. And he says, that's the reason for so much failure and stagnation. If we're to grow and become fruitful, our faith must be anchored in the finished work of our position in Christ. There is no basis for faith in our changeable, unfinished condition. Your faith should not stand on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. 1 Corinthians 2.5 There's no basis for faith over here in our changeable condition. The foundation of our faith is over here in who we are in Christ. So he says, scriptural fact-centered faith in the Lord Jesus as our position before the Father is the one means of experiencing that finished work in, in the growth of our daily condition. Spiritual birth placed us in our accepted position from which our spiritual condition is being completed by faith, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. See, spiritual birth put us here in this perfect position, but it's growth that begins to bring us, bring it over into our daily condition. So he says, every Christian has been positioned forever in the risen Lord by spiritual birth. But only the believer who knows grows. Every believer shares the same position in the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's only as we come to know who we are and believe who we are in Christ that it begins to show itself in our daily experience where we begin to grow. We grow in grace. We grow in the knowledge of Him. It is faith in the facts of our position that gives us the daily benefits of growth in our condition. If the believer is not clearly aware of the specific truths of the word, he cannot exercise the necessary faith for growth and service. He can only seek his resources in the realm of self. He says some of the wonderful Positional truths are set forth for faith in the scriptural illustrations of the grain and wheat and the vine and the branch. And we'll have to wait till next week to, to look at those illustrations. So we saw largely this week position defined. Uh, next week we want to move into the section of the chapter uh, where position is illustrated for us. Uh, through the grain of wheat, through the vine and branches. And then in subsequent chapters, we'll begin looking at what some of the truths of our position are.
We'll look at justification and assurance. We'll look at reconciliation and acceptance. You know, we'll look at our completeness and security. All of these things tied back to the position we hold in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we have a minute or two. Any questions? Yes. Yeah. And it's just cool when you start tracing it through that every epistle starts with yeah. the position side first. Yeah. I was thinking you gave the example of Colossians, and in Colossians 3, that shift happens. Yeah. He's talking about setting your mind on things above and Christ who is our life, and then in verse um, 12 is the shift, and he says, So, like referring back, as yeah. those who've been chosen of God, holy and beloved, then comes the list. Yeah. Like, this is what your yeah. life will look like. Yeah. If that's who you know you are. Yeah. You know, and so... Yeah. I've been trying so much with my kids to keep reiterating that. Like, when somebody gives reverse from the second half of the epistle, go back and look at the first half of the epistle. Yeah. Because that's where the source is. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just you trying to make it happen. You know? Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's very true. And Paul, in particular, always spends the, the opening part of his epistle laying down positional truth <laughs> and then he begins talking about how this is meant to impact our condition but so many like you say skip to the part of you know well, you need to do this or that and they don't understand the foundation of it <laughs> I think that might partly be especially true of our western culture is that we want to find out what we're supposed to do yeah do yeah 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 yeah, yeah. And I think too, you know, in our Western culture, we've lost the concept of position. You know, again, in, you know, in America, anybody can be anything they want to be, you know, and, and, you know, you aren't necessarily, uh, there's no privileges of position. Biblical times, there were privileges of position. Somebody who was born into a royal family had certain privileges of that position that were his by birth. And we've lost the concept of position. And, and I think it, uh, you know, it hampers us sometimes uh, biblically in understanding what it means to be a child of God. What it means to hold this position and all the the things that go along with it. Yeah. Okay, we're out of time. Let me close in a word of prayer, and then uh, we'll close it. Lord, we thank you for who we are in Christ. Lord, uh, what a precious privilege it is to be sourced in Him, to have a new life hidden in Him, waiting to be discovered and waiting to one day be revealed. Lord, I pray that rather than focusing on fixing our lives, 
our focus would become getting to know him. Getting to know him as our all in all. And letting him change us from within. So Lord, we look forward to future weeks as we really come to understand with greater and greater clarity what it means to be in Christ. In whose precious name we come to you now. Amen.